0: Hello and welcome to the Hotel Marketing Show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things hotel marketing. We're going to talk about things that are happening in the industry, insights, things that all hotel marketers or anybody that has an interest in hotel marketing wants to know about. My name is Victoria, and I'm Nadine, and we're the hosts of The Hotel Marketing Show. To kick off the podcast today, in this episode, we're going to be talking with Carl, Managing Director, and Ricardo, Marketing and Partnership Manager at Upsell Guru, about the past, present and future of upselling
1: super interesting topic past the present and the future of upsetting i'm super keen to see where this episode will lead us but first off or first to get things started and rolling i would love for you guys just to give us a brief introduction on who you are what you do anything you
2: want to share with us i think i can kick this one off
3: yeah first of all thanks thanks for the invites nadine and victoria pleasure to talk with you today yeah my name is carl and as you mentioned one of the co-founders of Upside guru i have my backgrounds in hospitality so i worked several years at different hotels in different countries in portugal for around three years then i moved to the united states to california i worked several years in a hotel in uh, los angeles the classical like front office career and then went back to germany or started uh, at university there and Got more the feeling of hotel tech. So after the studies, I went into hotel tech, worked for several PMS systems until in 2017, founding Upsell Guru. And yeah, now it's 2022. We are still there and the team is growing. That's about me.
1: That's awesome. Ricardo, what about you? I mean, now we want to hear your life story.
2: Cool. So first of all, hello from us at Guru to your listeners. And once again, thanks for having us on your show. We're really excited to be here. To give you a bit of a background and history on my sort of career journey up until this moment, I've always been sort of at a brand agency level, heading up different markets, marketing agencies, pivoted into the digital space as technology evolved and as industries leaned more heavily into PPC and different sort of paid digital channels. Um, my previous two roles were, like I mentioned to you, at, an, uh, at, a, at agencies. About a year ago, I decided to move away from the, the agency sort of environment and also decided to uproot myself from South Africa and ended up immigrating to Portugal. A couple of months ago, met up or didn't meet up, but got in touch with Hans, Carl and Mateo. I really loved the concepts and sort of the startup story that they had with Upsal Guru. And the timing was amazing because it was just at that moment where I was redefining sort of my, my next step or my next chapter in in sort of a career sense. I've been with the company for a few months now. As Carl mentioned, we're growing from strength to strength. And yeah.
1: Awesome. So you're actually based in Portugal at the moment?
2: Yeah. So I immigrated to Lisbon last year, May. so it's been a year now.
1: Nice. You like it?
2: Yeah, I'm loving it. Although the winters aren't as kind as, as they were in South Africa. Um, but luckily i've been back to south africa twice for a month each time so i've skipped i've skipped portions of the winter in portugal which which have been great
1: (laughs) yeah that's the way to do it going forward um while we are on the topic of well not of anything but while we're talking to you right now (laughs) i would love to know one thing that you started doing either in 2022 or you just picked up recently a new hobby a new skill something that you want to keep developing um, this year, and it can be personal? If it's, if it's
3: some, something new, then I, I would probably say tennis. I, I used to play a lot of tennis when I when I was a child. But then when starting to work in, in hospitality and traveling a lot, it's when I stopped for, for many years. But I now recently started, like last year, and that's kind of my new passion. So when you don't see me in the office, then I'm probably at the tennis court uh, when time allows. I I like kind of the the mix of you're dependent on yourself, on your own skills, but also on the opponent's skills. It's a very tactical game, so really enjoy it.
1: Yes, (laughs) definitely. Ricardo, what about you? You had some more time to think.
2: So, yeah, I actually sort of switched completely. My my hobbies moving to Portugal now being spending most of my summer along the coastline. I've been a lot more, or the ocean's been a lot more accessible to me. So, I just recently purchased the surfboard. Although I got it towards the end of winter, and also adjusting to the different sort of temperatures of of the water compared to the nice uh, warm waters that we have in South Africa, I've sort of been easing into catching some waves. But yeah, that would be that would be sort of the latest hobby that I've taken on, and I've sort of coined a, fr- uh, a term to it, where I go from suit to surf, which is quite a nice change. Nice,
0: <laughs> awesome. yes. Awesome. That's really cool, yeah. Or like from uh, your work suit to your uh, wetsuit.
2: Exactly, yeah. That's. it. I
0: feel like that should be the new trending like hashtag.
2: There we go. I feel like we well, could you go get one a for lot this of trash. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
0: And um, what's something that you are hoping to see in the hotel industry in twenty twenty two?
3: So from my side, it's something very very simple which I was missing a lot, and this is smiley faces. I think that was something I couldn't get used to—to to see always everyone with a, with a mask and not seeing the the smiles. I think that is something that's—it's um, the beauty of hospitality when you walk into a hotel and you see the people smiling at you and welcoming you. So this is something I'm really looking forward to in 2022.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a really great point that uh, Carl makes, and I think across the board, people have lost that personal touch because of not being able to distinguish emotions everything being covered up by masks, and then also the way people sort of interact with one another now coming out of being locked up and cooped up for so long. To add to that point, I mean, one of the the biggest things I'm praying for for this year is that the occupancy levels go back to where they were. But with, with that being said, I think we've got a new normal, if I can use that quaint phrase. And I think things won't necessarily go back to the way they were before. But even with that shift, I hope that occupancy levels do increase and we sort of get back to a good level again.
0: For sure and then i think we'd we'd see more smiling faces from the hoteliers as well right with the uh, occupancy rate (laughs) increasing again
1: but it's quite (laughs) nice i think now the conversations are picking up again and you hear again some positive news i think the the whole pandemic it was so tough because it was just lockdown and restrictions and things that they had to implement and things that then in two months time they didn't need any more and it was getting like the frustration level was building and building and building and now it's kind of nice to see you know someone is super excited about good news like oh we have 92% occupancy you know like yes you know, we're finally feeling like we're getting somewhere
2: again Goodness. I think I think also on that also on that point I think the lockdown sort of lowered some bars and lowered some expectations. So now it's like everyone's celebrating small wins again, which which also plays into the smiles. I think everyone's got more reason to smile again.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, I think that's something really important in life, right? Like, I'm not not mad about that aspect that people are celebrating small wins again, rather than just being like, ah, oh, one, okay, on to the next. So it's nice yeah. to see people taking a breath and celebrating what they achieved. Yeah,
0: good point. So today, the topic that we wanted to talk about, obviously, you guys are from Upsell Guru, so I think it's in the name that you guys upselling gurus or experts, so would one of you be able to share with us a bit of a context around like what is actually happening in the hotel industry at the moment when it comes to
2: upselling? I think one of the most important factors that we're seeing and it's sort of a trend across the board and it directly ties into obviously this whole post-pandemic and coming out of restrictions is... People being cooped up for so long, there's been a change in purchasing patterns and travel patterns. I think the way people travel has been enhanced in a sense that people are more likely to personalize their stays nowadays. And obviously that ties directly into the upselling environment, in a sense that because people weren't able to travel for so long, they're not going to travel as frequently. or Or we're seeing a trend that there's not as much frequent traveling. But during the travels that are being made, People are prepared to spend more and, and especially in terms of personalizing their stay.
3: Yeah. I think what we see is that's also the concept of upselling is evolving a lot. Like when, when I think back about my time working at hotels, upselling was pretty simple, so you define the rate, basically an upsell rate from one room type to the other, and that's what you offered uh, to your guests. Nowadays, the entire like rate structure is becoming more dynamic in terms of that, the supplements between room types can change multiple times a day. So based on that, we need to adopt and take way more data, which is available into consideration. So for the upselling from today, I think it's more relevant to integrate with revenue management systems to look at what is, what does historical data say? What does forecast data say? Should I even offer a specific room type to. A guest that is arriving in five days. If I know that there is a high pickup and the trend is forecasting that this room type will be sold out, so yeah, I think I think it's as more data is getting is getting available. I think this is also replicating into into the upsell strategy for hotels.
1: Awesome. Talking about upsell strategy, I have a question for you right there. How do you go about when it comes to creating an upsell strategy? How can hoteliers and marketers put such strategy in place? and what does it actually look like
3: so i i think before before even thinking about an upsell strategy what's what you need to do is your homework right and i think to do that homework is really get a piece of paper write down all your room types and then really think of a value proposition for the guest what what we see a lot of times is that hotels they just write down some features or hard facts saying like the room has 27 square meters um, a coffee machine an iron board and wireless internet like would now would you as a guest would you get an upgrade because of that you probably don't can't even picture what is 27 square meters how big that is right the iron board you probably also have that in other room types so why should i get into a suite just to get an iron board so it's really to define like what is my value proposition for the guests and what we see is that people they don't buy features but more emotions so really try to focus on on an emotion how to sell to the to the guests like every guest can picture how they wake up they have a beautiful city view and they drink the Nespresso when they wake up. Um, so that that is one thing that we that we recommend before even thinking about putting an upsell strategy together.
2: Yeah, and, and once sort of the homework's done, the next step is figuring out ways to, on how to communicate this to your customer. And that sort of sort of ties into the first part of, of the question in a sense that with the more data that's available to us, we are able to sort of segment market segments and then speak directly to them. And that's more and more possible now with the data that we're mining. So not only are we able to be more accurate with our pricing and forecasts and room type availabilities, but we're also are able to be a lot smarter with the messaging. Um, and how we communicate these offers. So uh, it's about understanding the right time to send these offers. So throughout the guest journey, you've got sort of a booking stage, you've got a pre-arrival stage, you've got an in-house stage, and then a post-stay stage. And throughout those different stages, you've got different um, guest touch points and it's figuring out what to communicate when so that you do obviously send offers at the right stage, send information at the right stage, and don't mix the two.
0: Nice, that's really cool. And when you're talking about like creating the messaging that is from a more like emotional point of view, Can you talk a little bit through like how you would recommend going about the segmenting and like how would you actually get started with all of that?
2: So I I guess it all depends on your tech uh, tech stack and how much data and input you're getting in to begin with. Most of it will start at the booking stage because obviously on booking, you'll receive your first bit of data about the guest. You'll know whether it's a group booking, it's an individual, whether they're coming for business or leisure. Um, And based on that input data, you're then able to start segmenting them. Obviously, the more data you have available to you, the further you can go into that form of segmentation. And it's all about having as much data as you can available to you and making sure that the data is clean and up to date. Historically, I mean, you'd have a CMS system which would have some historical data, but you can imagine someone that traveled a year ago might be in a different chapter of their life. They might have got married over that period of time. They might now not be traveling as an individual, but rather as a family. So it's also about keeping that up to date. Once the segmentation is in place, then obviously it ties into setting up the right communication points. And whether your tech stack allows an automation in the step, um, you can get even smarter about it and also free up some of your resources. And the, the reason I bring up being smarter about it, it's with automation, you don't have a manual sort of workflow where someone daily or periodically is going and responding, or sending out these personalized offers. But instead, as a booking action takes place, or on three days before arrival automatically, they get that next piece of communication directly sent to the inbox.
3: You can even segment further. Like once, once the guest um, arrives to the hotel. So back in my hotel days, we had some trainings on, on the front office upselling, like how, how do you best upsell at the front office? There you also build kind of your, your segment. So one was like, what is, what is the guest wearing? What is like the watch? Is it an expensive looking watch if it's a expensive Rolex then you would aim for expensive suite, or when a couple, uh young couple arrived, we always looked at their hands, is there, is, are they married or not? If they are not married, then is a good chance that you can push them to go into a nicer room, into a suite with, with questions where it's more likely that they will say, yes, I take it not to take the blame and say, no, no, I'm, I have my new girlfriend here, but I won't, uh, I won't spend an additional 50, uh, 50 bucks to get the suite. So I, I think. The question is like how can you replicate that into into the pre arrival system and and phase of the guest journey and this is like what what ricardo said and what we see a lot like if if someone is uh traveling with a family then or kids then offer a kids package if a wherever hotel for example they offer like uh rose petals up in arrival now that doesn't make sense to offer to a lonely business guest right the chance are pretty pretty uh, low that you say, hey, I'm going to surprise myself and have some roses <laughs> on the bed. Treat you know,
0: yourself. Yeah.
3: <laughs> when you go, when it's like two people in the booking and it's a leisure segment or a weekend guest, then the chances are, are higher that's, that they, they are interested in buying that, that upsell offer.
1: I just wanted to come back to a point that uh, you, Ricardo, mentioned as well with the pre-arrival emails and kind of also the communication maybe whilst the guests is at the hotel and post post-stay notifications or emails like this. Are there any tips that you have something in your mind now? How should hoteliers go about this, for example? What is the kind of communication that guests expect during the different stages of their travel?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a really good question that you asked there. And it's it all boils down to the types of communications or the communication channels that you have disposable to you. And also boils down to their preferences a lot of a lot of the leaders in the industry now are starting to ask the question how do you want to receive your communication so i mean you've got different types sms email some hoteliers have their own application different channel managers also have their own applications i mean we're all aware of how booking.com works and and everything all of their sort of notifications happen in app unless you unless you're obviously booking through the browser and then you select an email sort of channel. But to go back to the original question, it it does all boil down to which sort of channels you're using, and how those channels make sense throughout the journey. So pre arrival, I mean, you're not in front of the guest, they're not at the front office just yet. So you don't have this personal sense of communication. So everything happens digitally at that stage, either be it through an email or through an SMS. Obviously, then once they're in house, you've got different forms of in house communication. So just to begin with, you could have your first sort of in-house communication, which happens on arrival, which is sort of the early check-in or online check-in facility. Once they have already checked in and they're in-house, you've got the front front desk touch point. And then throughout their stay, depending on whether the hotelier is using a digital hotel directory or if they're still using the traditional sort of paper and, and ink method, those are all forms of communication. On that note, I think because we are, I mean, we're more technologically inclined and we have these advances at our fingertips now, we also see the benefits of having digital communications where not only does it streamline your communications in a sense that if you've made a typo or an error, you don't need to now reprint little leaflets or brochures and and get them distributed throughout the hotel. You just do an update um, on your your hotel directory and automatically it makes those changes for you. And if there's any urgent or important notices, you can send those out within a, a click of a button instead of, I mean, trying to now go and reach out to each guest, whether they're in your hotel or not as yet.
3: And yeah, I think, again, just to make an addition there, I think here is the same as, as I mentioned before with the with the room types where you should really go and put a value proposition uh, for, for each uh, room type together with the communication it's very similar, like go a step back. And really think of the goal of each communication. Like, what do you want to achieve? What we see a lot of time, hotels are sending a pre-stay email. And then with that pre-stay email, they want to do upselling. They want to do online check-in. They want to inform about the restaurant. They want to inform about the surroundings. Uh, there is a how, how to get to the hotel and so on. And then you're building like your five, six, seven call to action. That's obviously like a conversion killer because barely no guest will open up a, a pre-stay email and click on each one. So it's really like, what do you want um, to achieve? Is it like achieve additional revenue? Is it, is the place hard to find? That's why you need to put the directions there. And then on that, yeah, puts the communication together and speak in the language that the guest is expecting.
2: And just, and just to add to that, I I think a nice analogy I can throw out here is previously uh, and traditionally speaking, hoteliers would use the term less is more in a sense of, send everything in less emails instead of bugging guests multiple times. But I think there's been a flip on that in a sense that it's still less is more, but it's less offers in each communication, but have the right communications in each step. So exactly like Carl mentioned, instead of having everything communicated pre-arrival, rather communicate things when they make sense. So on booking, send them more informational things or booking confirmation. That's the type of communication you want to go out uh, at the booking stage. And then a couple of days before arrival, during the pre-arrival stage, that's when people are more, more likely to personalize their stay. So that's when you'd send out more of your upsell offers, some of your extras, and then and then obviously in-house you'd have more of an informational type of communication about the surroundings, any fun activities that are going on, and that sort of a thing.
0: That's really cool. I heard this thing this week, which I wasn't familiar with before, but it's called the mere exposure effect. So M E re exposure effect and the idea is that the more exposure people have to like a brand or a person the more they like they have a better feeling about it or they have more of a preference for it. So I think that kind of also ties in a little bit with what you were saying about the old old way of doing things where it's like the less is more, like not being afraid to actually be like more is more because it can actually have a, have a favorable impact as well.
1: I have a question. I'm talking about the different channels, where your guest is, when they are there. How do you see social media tying into this at some point or is it already tying in? Will this be something that, one should keep an eye out for the future on how to interact with your
2: guests? Yeah, I think definitely uh, the more channels that you're active on, the better for you. In a sense of brand exposure, it's obviously great to have um, different conversations happening at different on different levels of or different channels of communication and different sort of social platforms. With that being said, it can be quite tedious. I mean, a hotelier's main goal is to enhance a guest's experience and by doing so increase their revenue. And that also that's that's also the whole reason why they introduce upselling communications. With that being said, the the social sort of channels aren't necessarily an upselling communication point, although the hotelier can use this to sort of elaborate on different facilities that they may have and so forth.
1: Yeah, because i was quite interested if you think about booking a trip for example and i know it's not necessarily direct upselling for the hotel but kind of a little bit because once you then get the interest in let's say your town or your city and you are like kind of also this knowledge hub and platform of what you can do around that i mean i guess to a certain degree also builds in the trust or builds up the trust for the potential guest you have so i mean maybe if you have like a hashtag your town and then you know you get the information i don't know like definitely this needs some working on but i was just interested to see um if that actually combines and can tie into upselling
2: yeah no that's a great addition there and i think a lot of A lot of the more trendy and agile hoteliers that have the right teams and the right structures in place have gotten really fancy with it. And they do use, I mean, different facilities like a hashtag or things like that, which make it easier for guests to find what they're looking for and to sort of expand on different topics that they're interested in.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Just on that there, are you able to share with us like some examples of some hotels who are leading the way when it comes to upselling?
3: Yeah, I think here it's it's all about creativity, where we see some really amazing, amazing examples so we are working with a 30 hotel chain and the the rooms are all very similar in size it's it's really like one room category if you would ask most hoteliers they would say we just have one room category So what that chain did is they want to differentiate and create an additional experience for their guests so they added some amenities to the room things like sky sports hd nespresso machine bottle of water like those those things and by that they created an additional room category where people were willing to pay more for that Right. If you think like of a business traveler during the week, there's a Champions League season, so perfect. I, I pay 15 bucks more, and I can watch a movie or I can I can watch uh, football in in the room. And um, by that, it, they made some amazing results. I think the first year we did nearly a million uh, pounds of upsell revenue. And I did this is really like very easy, simple ideas where most hoteliers would would say, ah, but how can I do it?" I have my the rooms are all the same in size, so. I, I can't I can't increase the size and so on, but yeah, it's not all about size.
0: Yeah, and I <laughs> guess like understanding your travelers as well, right? Like you're saying about like people wanting to, I don't know, watch a movie or watch sports. It, it's not relevant for like every hotel everywhere, but like if you understand your guests and like what will stand out to them, then I guess you can create these offers that will, you know, make an impact.
3: Yeah, it can even be like, we have a lot of business hotels. What they do is like they, they include the mini bar for their business rooms and then put, put like an additional value to... To the room category, that's also something like uh, every business travel love it when they, they come back from a meeting and they just know, okay, I go to my room, I have the, the mini bars for free. I have some, some, some beers, some other drinks that I can enjoy. So there's yeah, with very small things you can, you can add an additional value proposition for the, for the guest. But we also see that, that creativity with like during COVID, for example, we had a a hotel, they offered like a cocktail kit uh, because the bar was closed. So you could order cocktail kits to your room with like instructions, how you do the cocktail. So this is a a very surprising experience for the guests and something that you definitely, when you, after you travel, you will share with your friends and uh, share that experience. So um, yeah, those are like some, some samples. And now to you Ricardo with the passion box.
2: So a funny story about the passion box, actually the first sort of creative upsell that I heard um, upsell guru was able to facilitate for one of our um, hoteliers or hotel partners. One of our hotel partners was was really creative and, and edgy in a sense that they put together for sort of couples or or people coming or going away for a romantic stay. Um, they're able to upsell with a passion box, which includes an adult toy, batteries and some lube, which also, I mean, creates a unique talking point, although can also get you into trouble. So I don't know if people do leave <laughs> after a passion box stay and talk too much about it. But <laughs> but that's, that's for debate.
3: <laughs> there that was, was even a good, a good example where we actually thought, okay, let's, let's just offer it to to couples and leisure segments, right. But uh, the hotel was like, no, no, we want to offer it to everyone. And we, we looked at the data recently when, when we met in, in Lisbon and it's surprisingly how, how many male lonely travelers are buying the, the passion box. so it's like a really good mix and it's surprising. You wouldn't expect it. Yeah.
1: I think it's quite fascinating. I do love the idea of that the whole pandemic kind of forced in a negative but also in a positive sense really for hoteliers to be more creative because usually when you had like you'd say your normal mini bar let's say that wasn't possible anymore and finding new ways to kind of say like hey how can we use what we have or add some things that have a little twist on them as well so that you know you get the conversation going you have something with a cocktail set for example i mean that's something you come back home and you share and it's it's nice, right? It, it ties into this fact of saying, like, people want to make more memories. They don't just want to travel and just sleep and this is it. They want to really create a memory around their
2: stay. So it sort of invokes that emotion of FOMO, like fear of missing out, in a sense that you have a colleague or a friend that's been on a recent holiday and experienced this whole making your own cocktail in your room during a time where everyone's depressed and locked away and not able to interact, sort of brings this feeling of I want to experience that, too and. I want to feel sort of normal again or as normal as possible during these times yeah uh,
3: we have another cool cool uh, example it's like from a, an amusement park we work with where you can actually bid on opening the park with a physical key so you get like one of there's like a huge gate so you get the key you can unlock you open the, the, the gates and you make like some pictures that that's something where you can really create a FOMO like I think every parents would love to see their their kids opening the gate so you don't want to miss that out so they're also willing to pay a lot to to get that experience
1: and I wonder how many children actually get their parents to get that you know like how many because I think for children as well they see one person opening it and then they're like I want to do this too and then I would be interested to see how much like on-stay upselling there is. with like, uh, I, think, uh, quite a bit. I think especially
2: when the kids return from a, a trip like that and, and they go back to school and they sort of talk about it in class, you can only imagine how many upsells happen after that uh, that classroom lesson yeah. and the kids go back home. <laughs> That's the beauty awesome. is
3: it's very—it's very limited in kind of inventory-wise, right? Like just one one person can open the gates, and you can't do it multiple times. Like you can't open the gates and then <laughs> just close it, it again. Yeah. A again. and the next one, and so on. So, like, uh, like
2: relighting <laughs> candles on a birthday cake, so <laughs> everyone can blow them out. <laughs>
3: exactly. Uh, nice. This is a good example like by a very something very very simple. Like someone needs to open the someone needs to open the gate to the park, right? So, someone needs to do it probably before it was. Someone of their team who was doing it, but they monetized that and created a super great experience for someone.
0: Nice, that's awesome. Tying into we kind of talked a bit about how traveler expectations are changing a little bit, but in terms of upselling, where do you think it's heading? Like, what does the future look like for the for upselling?
3: I mean, one thing as we mentioned before. I think data is getting more and more relevant to consume, like booking trends, pickup data, forecast data, and so on. But one thing I'm really looking forward to is if the entire like vr topic will will become a trend like where you can really experience the room so this is one thing and the other one which we are seeing for for luxury hotel especially is where you can really go into a not into a room type but into a specific room because maybe that room has the amazing view that you want to have so you're not going for like a, a junior suite but you want room 150 because that room has like that uh, perfect amenities for you. But yeah, especially like on, on the VR, I'm really keen to see if that's if that will be something. I'm not sure if you have you ever experienced that.
1: No, I haven't. I was just reading or hearing about it from someone who got offered to buy like a hotel room in the metaverse. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm so curious, but I have never experienced it with VR. Did you? Did you?
3: i i did it i i did it once and it's it it was i i was flashed away it's amazing how how realistic like you really felt that you are in that in that place so i mean now coming back to emotions and selling via emotions i think that's that's the perfect perfect route to go
1: i mean i would totally be up for it like i could totally see myself because it's so hard sometimes to make the decision and then you look at pictures and then the pictures you know it always depends on the angles and all of this but being able to actually kind of stand in the room without standing there and kind of seeing hey how does the light it's like little things the lighting feel and yeah you get this Let's hope that this will happen in the future. I'm all for it.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think I think supplementing with the whole VR movement is also augmented reality. And with us all having smartphones sort of at our disposal, it's easy to facilitate these things. So uh, some of some of the fancier and sort of first adopters in the industry creating fun experiences, which also enhances the entire guest journey and also creates other unique talking points in a sense that they might have like a QR code somewhere in the hotel where if you snap it with your phone something comes to life so you actually feel like you're experiencing the information instead of just reading it and absorbing it and tying into augmented reality there's also gamification as a sort of buzzword and hot topic across the board and some hoteliers are also adopting it and not to throw a sort of a sales pitch into it but that's one of our usps in a sense that The way people uh, perform their upgrades through our system is using a slider, which gives a feel of gamification. And it also invokes positive emotions. You can imagine when you put a bid through for an upgrade or you personalize your stay and your bid gets accepted, you sort of feel like you're winning before you even arrive. And there's other sort of creative ways that they're incorporating that not only for the guests, but also for the staff in a sense that some front, front desk upselling systems are adopting a sense of gamification to create a fun competition and further drive revenue by getting front desk agents to compete with one another.
1: That's awesome. Before I ask the last question, I do have one that just popped in my mind and I have to ask it, how can I phrase this? For example, someone listening to this episode right now and saying, wow, this all sounds fantastic, but there's my age group in the hotel of guests that would totally not be up their street. Like they just want to have their normal, simple booking without any, any additional things? Do you think that exists as upselling in general something for every single hotel? So. Just to get a little bit of an understanding, how do you find the perfect balance for yourself? If we talk about all the future holds with augmented reality, where do you cut the line as a hotelier to say like this is for me, this is not for me?
3: I think it's not a matter a matter of age, to be honest. Like you see more and more older people being super tech savvy, booking the same way as we are booking. So in terms of age, I don't I don't see a difference. Although we get that especially like from those super old-fashioned Castles Traditional in, in Scotland, um, where they are saying, Hey, our guests are like above 60s, 70s. Will it work? It's always okay. Let's, let's give it a try. And it's, it's working. I think for me, it's really, you are evaluating the guest by showing them, Hey, you can enhance your stay at our hotel so from a from a guest experience i i see that it's it's adding value to it and that's why it's super hard for a hotel to convince me that upselling is not not right for them it's the easiest way it's way easier to sell something to an existing customer than to win a new customer so don't don't miss it out
1: nice I like that and I also enjoy you saying it's hard for a hotel to convince you that they don't need upselling because at the end of the day you're absolutely right and every one of us if we have the choice we're always gonna say yes I want something more personalized
2: yeah
1: awesome next question next and final question for you guys today is what are your three main takeaways for hoteliers who have been listening to this what is something that they Three take three takeaways and because you're two, we give you six. So you can both have three.
3: First one. I would say again, as mentioned, I can just repeat myself. It's like define a value proposition for each room type, be creative. Then take a system that fits into your tech stack and helps you automate all the process and the third one don't leave money on the table.
2: Carl sort of stole two of mine there, but let me see if I can quickly... That's, of... that's what they <laughs> <Yeah>. all that's what they Let me see if I can do a bit of improv yeah, and and quick thinking. Um, I think, look, touching back on the whole market segmentation side of things, because this data is available to us, it's really important that in a sense that let, let the customers know how well you know them based on what they've given you during the booking stage. So communicate better using segmentation wherever possible, automate things so that you can focus on the guest experience rather than on things that you aren't specializing in. So if you are going to implement a tech solution, make sure it's an automated plugin so that it does a lot of the groundwork for you. And third one, I think it, it's also important to do a lot of external sort of forecasting in a sense that if you are plugged into third party systems, Make sure that you are uh, shopping the right data so that you are seeing sort of room-type availabilities um, uh, the likelihood of, of a room being upsold or not and sort of competitive pricing as well.
0: Awesome. That was great for being put on the spot a little bit. I think you did a great job. (laughs) I'm glad. Well, Thank you so much, Carl and Ricardo, for joining us today. We really appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge with us.
3: Thanks for having us. Awesome. Awesome. And
0: for those of you listening at home, please share your thoughts with us. If you think there's anything we've missed, or if you have any questions about any of the topics that we've covered today, please get in touch with us at welcome@hotelchamp.com and make sure to follow Hotel Champ on all of your favorite social media channels. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. Take care of yourself. Have a great day. And bye-bye. bye-bye.